everybody. I'm back again. I'm Nick Walker. This is season two, episode 16, Luxy 43. And I'm super excited today. I have Mr. Mike Luxenkirk and himself. Founder of Luxie 43. Uh, first of all, Mike, I just want to say, you know, from the transportation industry, you know, I'm in the transportation business and uh, what the Luxie 43 represents, it helps keep the roads safe. And uh, from a board standpoint, and I'm sure from all the trucking companies standpoint, you know, we want to say thank you uh, for what you do. And uh, it's greatly appreciated. What is Luxie 43? Yeah, first of all, Nick, it's great to uh, come over from Atlanta today. I crossed 20 and see a lot of trucks on the way over. Mm -hmm. Saw some Boyd Brother trucks, saw some trucks out there, a few of them that had our protected by 43 key seconds decal on it. And it's great to be here at Boyd Brothers in Birmingham. So Mm -hmm. I love coming to Birmingham. And, um, yeah, the foundation, I think, for your audience, unfortunately, we lost our son, Philip. Philip was the third of our four kids. He's got two older sisters and a younger sister, and Phil created a platform um, by being a, an athlete, former athlete in the SEC like yourself, and same mm-hmm. position, right? Yes, sir. So Philip played tight end as a student athlete at Auburn University from 2009 to 2012, was blessed to be a key uh, integral part of the 2010 National Championship team. And for your fans that don't know anything about Alabama, the state of Alabama football, we finally got one in there away from Alabama over all, all those years, but... <laughs> Philip went on to be a two-time captain after that sophomore year, had a wonderful shot at the NFL. He pursued that, had some significant injuries, so it cost him, allowed him only to play one preseason. He got cut by the St. Louis Rams in the fall of 13, and he started a career down in Montgomery, Alabama, um, working in financial management. And uh, he was invited with some friends. There was about 13 kids that went to a farm in LaGrange, Georgia, uh, the weekend of Friday, June 27, 2014 which just, it seems like it just happened recently, right? But it, it was eight plus years ago. And the kids did a lot, a lot of kids that are 20 and older do. They, they drank through the day, they rode some horses, they did some mudding. But then the mistakes started to accumulate. The four of them got into an SUV at 2.30 in the morning. The driver wanted to go get a can of dip at the only, you know, 24 by 7 rural convenience store that was open. And I know all the facts here because the police had me read an eight-page accident report post-crash, uh, saw the driver on video walk in to get his can of dip. And then he got back in that vehicle. Philip found himself in the back seat passenger behind the driver. There was a young lady with Philip in the back seat that was uh, friends with all everybody that was there. There were four kids that got in that vehicle. Um, they were speeding, going 77 miles in a 45 per the accident report. Uh, the driver got to a T intersection where he could go left or right. Mm-hmm. It took my wife, Mary, and I two-plus years to go to the site after we lost Philip, and I've never gone back. You know, I've gotten off the exit a couple times and just haven't haven't finished going the rest of the way. There was a shallow ravine beyond that stop sign, and when the driver missed the stop sign at 77 miles an hour, it caused the SUV to flip back end over the front end, and according to police report, the estimated went about 450 feet through the air. Um, there's so many lessons that came out of this. In, in almost any audience I talk to, I tell everybody, I'm, I'm proud to tell you I'm Christian, proud to tell you I'm a Catholic Christian, uh, what we're doing right now, being here, quite frankly, is is no coincidence. This is God's plan. Uh, he's trying to make things happen through Philip's life, and we're proud of what we've done with the uh, 43 key seconds we'll talk about a little bit. Awesome, 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 awesome. How does that foundation expire change through Philip's legacy? You know, we're motored every day. Uh, in fact, I, I, I'm i old school. I'm, I just turned 60 this year, and when I don't travel, I read the At, uh, Atlanta Journal-Constitution from front to back. I love getting that newspaper ink still on my fingers, and I came across the NHTSA report, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration just released final 21 data, 
uh, for the people that don't follow this, they may find it Y21. It takes that much time to accumulate this. And I'm not going to quote any of the numbers here, but here's the reality of our roadway fatalities went the wrong direction again in 2021. Mm-hmm. They did the same in 2022. There were people that might tell you in 2022 that as a total number of fatalities we lost on our roadways due to distracted, too impaired, to not wearing a seatbelt, in my opinion, to driving well after midnight when you don't need to be, um, the numbers actually went down. But as a percent of miles driven in our country, it went up 22%. So I, I'm inspired every day through who my son was, the wonderful relationship that Philip and I had, that he had with God, that he had with his sisters, his mother, his teammates. Uh, now you got me tapping on the table there. Um, <laughs> but I'm inspired by Philip's life and his story and the platform he created being a student athlete at Auburn University. And I, I wake up every day trying to figure out how do we get better at what we're doing so that other families don't go through the experience we went through. Awesome. You mentioned earlier about on your way over from Atlanta, I seen a couple of trucks that, you know, had the 43 key second turn logo sticker on the truck. Uh, could you tell me how does the Luxie 43 Foundation work with Boyd to create a safer uh, trucking environment? Yeah, I'll give you a little background on that, right? We got, Phil uh, passed away June 29th of 2014. Um, shortly, I mean, literally the day after, I went for a run after not sleeping all night and started to think of words after yelling at God, yelling at my son. Still didn't have all the details of what took Philip's life, but I assumed... At his age, there was probably alcohol involved, uh, and then a series of poor decisions. Um, and we created a curriculum we call 43 Lessons of Legacy. Mm-hmm. It was meant, quite frankly, for coaches, coaches that I think get kids bigger, faster, and stronger. They run a great practice, and they can light up a scoreboard in their respective sports. But I think there's room for improvement for them to develop the character of their student-athletes mm-hmm. and to develop the faith of their student-athletes. Out of that, about three years later, somebody asked a question, how many talks have you delivered, Mike, across the country? How many people have heard your talk? Mm-hmm. My talk is always called Phillips Legacy. What legacy are you leaving? And I adapt it to any audience, where, whether it's second graders, which is a tough audience, quite frankly, to present to, <laughs> to middle schoolers. And, and our sweet spot is that 15-year-old recently permitted driver through the teen years, through the college years, and into the adult world. And that's why I'm here at Boyd. But somebody asked me the question, are you satisfied with what you're doing? And are you concerned about Phillips' relevancy? And you think about that. That was four years roughly after Philip passed away, three to three and a half to four years. And I said, well, we've done a lot of things, spoke across the country. At that time, probably 200,000 people had heard me talk. So satisfied? No, I think we always want to do more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second question was the relevancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give your audience an exact example. I spoke at an Auburn athletics and an Auburn Greek event in the past 90 days. And when you ask at the, at, the, at the end of showing a five-and-a-half-minute video of Philip that Auburn Athletics created for his memorial service, to leave your hand up, raise your hand if you knew who Philip was before that video. And literally at Auburn University, it's less than 10% of the hands now. So that relevancy, right, every day that passes is a concern. But what it caused us to do as a foundation was go and look at, okay, why is there no symbol that anybody, no matter where we're at, no matter what we're driving, our driving experience, that we would look at a single symbol that would trigger us to say, you know what, I'm going to be a smarter and safer driver. Mm-hmm. Or more importantly, I'm not going to be distracted or impaired. I'm not going to have my hand on my phone. I'm, not, I'm going to make sure everybody in my vehicle has a seatbelt on, regardless if the state law requires it or not, in the back seat. I'm going to do my best not to be on the roads after midnight when they become unsafer because of people who had been out drinking. Mm-hmm. There's no single symbol. We've got programs, which the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration I think sometimes DOT, 
but also the National Safety Council have created them. Really, really respectful of them. They've created like click it or ticket. Mm-hmm. You text, you pay. Drive sober, get pulled over. Yep. I made a mistake of call on one of those a rhyme one time, and I was corrected. They said click it or ticket. Mike's a twenty year program, so a lot of credit to them, right? Mm-hmm. But we looked at it and said, how do we not have an image? When you think about our senses, and we did some research of what we see, what we touch, what we so what we feel, what we smell, what we taste, mm-hmm. the sense that gives the biggest opportunity for behavioral impact or behavioral change is what we see. Yeah. So that's how we got to 43, and I'm, I'm proud of you wearing that hat today. Yes, sir. Um, that's a unique four. There's an L in it for Lutzy. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've created 43 key seconds to uh, – hopefully change the narrative of what's going on on our roadways. Awesome, awesome. And I know we've done a few things, uh, but, you know, I don't think people understand, you know, know where the relationship come from. Uh, could you take us through the process of the partnership? How did, you know, how did you partner with us and what have we done uh, for the Luxy 43 program? Well, this, this is how they've been happening ever since we lost Philip. Uh, he had such an image in the way he carried himself on and off the field at um, – at Auburn, and I would tell you, you, you being an Alabama guy, and I think most fans out there, maybe the listeners, they understand there's a, there's a big uh, rivalry between Alabama and Auburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes too much, quite frankly. But um, I've heard more people over the last eight years doing a lot of speaking in Alabama and said, "Hey, I'm a Bama fan. Don't let me be. Don't, don't let me confuse you." But man, I love the way your son played the game. Oh yeah, uh, athletically, sportsmanship wise, and so forth. And that carried over to Philip off the field. He did a lot of things for little children with cancer or challenged with like spina bifida or cerebral palsy or Down syndrome. He just served. So when we looked at this, we created this foundation not because of Philip the football player. That was kind of the avenue that built things up, but Philip the person. So I'm sitting in Opelika uh, probably four years ago, maybe longer, certainly pre-COVID, my wife and I. And Dwight Bassett walks up to me. Introduces himself by saying, "Hey, I think you're Philip's dad, aren't you?" I said, "I am." He goes, "Well, I need to uh, have you come talk to my fraternity, where I'm still kind of a coach to them these many years later." And I said, well, "What's your name?" He says, "Well, I'm Dwight Bass." I said, "What do you do?" He goes, "Well, I'm the president of Boy Brothers Trucking." I said, "We do need to talk. Yeah. I think there's something mutually, mutually respectful that will help one another." And and that's how the relationship started. Dwight and I started to talk, started to correspond. I went and talked uh, to his fraternity. Uh, back on campus, and then uh, Dwight gave me a great blessing. It was, uh, I'll never forget, it was December 7th of 2022. Dwight had me come out and speak at uh, a Boyd Brothers Senior Management Meeting in mm-hmm. all places, your home turf of Tuscaloosa. Yes, sir. <laughs> and what was neat about that talk was, Dwight said, Mike, I want you to do a little bit of a talk. I want you to talk about the foundation, but I want you to talk about how your faith has driven you to get where you're at today. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that was a wonderful opportunity, and, and I remember the audience, it was, it was yesterday, there was probably about 40 people in a room, and I didn't know the gentleman at the time, but uh, at the end, when you do a talk, sometimes I put my foot in my mouth, at the end of a talk, what's really popular right now when you're a speaker is they give you a Yeti cup with a, comp- <laughs> with a company logo on it, and sure enough, Dwight had a bag in his hand, and one of the first things he pulled out with a smile is, he said, Mike, we got that Yeti cup for you, and then he gave you a really nice Under Armour shirt, but then Dwight says, Mike, one of the other things we're going to do for you I think he shocked everybody in that room as he goes, we're getting some new tractors coming in in January, uh, January of 22. I guess I spoke there mm-hmm. um, in 21, but uh, now there's a beautiful rack, wrap truck out there that's in Auburn blue. It's got some Auburn orange to it, but it's got a lot of 43 key seconds narrative yep. on it, our checklist countdown, if you will, a picture of Philip, um, the number 43, and 
Again, you know God's working when you find out the driver, Henry Cobbs, his grandson, K.J. Britt, also played football at Auburn University. Oh, yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome story. Awesome story. And uh, we, we definitely appreciate you. And then we definitely, like I said earlier, we appreciate what you do for the industry. Take us through the, the 43 uh, key second um, deal. I've, uh, I've actually heard it a couple of times. And every, every, every time I hear it, it's, it's, it's like it's my first time. Yeah, and, and remind me so we don't forget. Let's talk about what's going on in this trucking industry and where this applies also. Awesome. Um, we, we looked at this and said, what if we, could we be bold? Could we be arrogant? When we figured there was no single symbol, uh, no symbol, single image, if you will, um, everybody knows what a key is. So we put 43 key seconds on a key. Mm-hmm. And some people much smarter than me, when they saw this, said, well, could we put our logo on the opposite side of the key? Because our key said 43 key seconds, and on the opposite side it said 43 in the word T-O, 43, too distracted free. And then we put that on a lanyard. Mm-hmm. And the concept was behind the lanyard was... Everybody's still using lanyards. Everybody yep. loves lanyards. And this would give us the vehicle for placement in the vehicle as that permanent holder of the image we're trying to create mm-hmm. that leads behavioral change. But we said that key's pretty cool. Um, we do it in Auburn colors. That's our foundation colors. But in this example, I've got a partnership, or we've got a partnership with the Georgia Department of Transportation. Mm-hmm. So they have their logo on it. But we created a checklist. I call it a countdown that basically says no matter who you are, what your driving experience is, what you're driving, or what time of day, before you start that vehicle, do I have a clear head, clear hands, clear eyes? And then we do tie in the 20-year program of click it or ticket by saying click it. And not to take your audience through the whole thing, but what does a clear head mean? It means you sit there and you self-analyze and ask yourself, am I drug impaired? Am I alcohol impaired? Am I fatigued? Am I technology impaired, right? Holding that phone. Or am I emotionally impaired? And if you're any one of those five, you need to have the maturity or, or, or really the focus on other people out there in the community to step back and say, I'm not ready to drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you go through clear hands, clear head, and so forth. But the goal here is, and I come out of athletics, a lot of coaches will tell you there's a 21-day rule. If you do something deliberate, good or bad, it becomes a habit after 21 days. What I, we're encouraging people to do is learn this checklist. You ultimately learn it, remove the card, and that key and lanyard goes around your rearview mirror, Right? We think what's going to happen is it's going to give teenage drivers, this new 15-year-old to 18-year-old, and here's something important for your audience. Up until about 90 days ago, the CDC out of Atlanta would tell you the leading cause of death for a 16- to 18-year-old in our country was a singular topic, distracted driving. Now what's going on in our country? It's guns because of mass shootings. But distracted driving is the number one cause of death for a high school student in a vehicle. When you get to the college-age students, so you see I'm going up the ladder of driving ages. Mm -hmm. When you get to college, it's a combination of distracted and impaired driving. And I think that's important to say we have decision-making capabilities as a driver or a passenger, no matter what we're driving. And we're not doing a really good job when we're seeing over 43,000 deaths on our roadways. That in most of those cases, they're avoidable. And and, And then you go forward. We said, what can we do for the adult the driver, the 35-year-old, the 50-year-old, the 70-year-old. Mm-hmm. So we kind of said, hey, what we're trying to do is touch drivers ages 15 to 65. A lot of people are still working at 65. And I love to go into trucking companies and ask them about three types of personnel and say to them, I want you to give the same score, 1 through 10, with 10 being the best, from the questions I'm going to ask you about these three types of personnel. 
And they look around the room and they're staring at you ready to go. And I say, okay, the first audience is anybody that, I'll use Boyd Brothers as an example, anybody that's getting in a vehicle every day that has a Boyd logo on it, driving that brand out there, do me a favor. The, the passion, the frequency, the amount of time you update it, and the degree of freshness on your corporate safety and specifically safety behind the wheel, how much is that being emphasized with those logo driving vehicles Every in place? Day. Every day. But most companies, the average score I get is a 7. No mm-hmm. more than a 9. Nobody's ever said a 10, which I'm okay with that because I, I don't think anything is perfect, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a key employee of, of all your trucking clients out there, your competitors, and, and certainly here at Boyd. The next audience I ask about, okay, how about all those employees at Boyd that don't drive a logo vehicle? The people that work in marketing, HR, accounting, social media, maybe legal that are driving to and from an office. And as an hour getting out of COVID, more and more people are going back to an office. Are you delivering the same passionate? No, no sir. And the answer I get there, now, now instead of the CEO answering that, or if you got a confident vice president of HR answering it, now they look around the room and they're waiting for an answer. And the average score I get is a five. So I said, okay, you'll agree with me there's some room for improvement, right? Yeah. <laughs> I get a nodding yes. The final audience I ask, and this is where the most significant gap is, that's awesome. What about all the all the driving age family members of every one of your employees? Have you packaged your safety behind the wheel, program, culture, for them, the employees to take it home to their driving age family members? The average answer I get is zero. Yeah. So we looked at this and said, wow. Somebody said to me a couple of years ago, Mike, that key is pretty simplistic. I was on a sales call. And I'll be honest, I left a little dejected and started thinking, you know, maybe it is too simplistic, but God has mysterious ways he works. I had to drive right by my oldest daughter's house on the way home, and Amy's got three kids under age five. It's, it's a crazy household. <laughs> and at the time, Ruthie was two, my oldest and uh, granddaughter. And I gave this unit to Ruthie. Mm-hmm. And she found a way to get it on her finger and t- start twirling it. And after about 90 seconds, she, she grabbed the key as a two-year-old walked to the inside of the garage door in the kitchen and knew that key worked in a door, knew that key did something. Yeah. That told me the simplicity of this is, is powerful. Yeah. So now what, we think is, now what we think is happening because of great support from the trucking industry, great support from fleets and uh, companies, with, you know, logistics companies that are seeing these gaps, um, we think that the simplicity of this key is creating this wonderful intersection for any corporate employer to say, hey, this can help refresh your safety culture, your safety messaging. It can probably protect your – it will protect your employees. It will protect your bottom lines. Who knows? It might help with your insurance rates. But now the crossover is now you're going to protect all of your employees, all of their driving age family members if you deploy it out to them. And now we've created this intersection. When I walk into a company and they see – foundation or they hear foundation or they hear 501c3 they immediately think i want to go talk to the senior level person responsible for the company's philanthropic outreaches and causes which i do don't get me wrong but first i want to go talk to that ceo and cfo and vice president safety and say let's talk about what this would do for your employees what would it mean to any company who lost their top driver who became distracted what would it mean to any employee who lost a child because they were a distracted driver. Uh, so that's what 43 Key Seconds is all about, and that's that's where it came from. Awesome, awesome. You mentioned distracted drivers being one of the leaders and uh, in uh, out, out right now um, over the road. 
Talk to me about, you know, what are some takeaways, some key takeaways that you want all drivers to remember, you know, when it comes to distracted driving? You know, I go, I go to the 21-day rule I referenced earlier. I, I knew that I, and I'll be honest, in the state of Georgia on July 1st of 2018, we enacted a complete hands-free law. And again, don't quote me on this, but I think what I read this morning is we have only 25 states in our country, so roughly half the country is a complete hands-free law. Mm-hmm. And let me give you the example. Saw it today. I leave Atlanta to drive to Birmingham. Mm-hmm. It's about a two-and-a-half-hour drive. I-20 is a very busy, one of the busiest interstates in the country. In Georgia, you have to be hands-free. So you see a phone sitting on a dashboard mount, or you don't see a phone. As soon as Georgia-plated drivers crossover in Alabama, they swatch that, they swipe that off there, and they're holding it. <laughs> and why? Because it's legal. Yeah. Is it smart? No, but why? Because it's legal. Conversely, you leave your state, and you have to put the phone down. Now, you can't text by law, but you can hold your phone. Yeah. In your state, you have a mandatory seatbelt law, no matter where you're sitting in a vehicle. Yeah. In Georgia, we don't. So Partnering states sitting right next to each other, and we've got different laws. But what what we're seeing is and distracted is take 21 days to say I'm not going to hold my phone. Mm-hmm. You want a real test? Put it in your trunk. A lot of cars these days have uh, you know hands free audio. Mm-hmm. If that phone rings in your trunk, I think in most cars or vehicles you'll pick up that call, and now you're maybe hitting a button on your steering wheel yep. to, to talk. But it takes, you know, again, 21 days and you'll break the habit. I knew I did when leading up to July 1st, and I'm not always a rule follower, don't get me wrong. Um, I knew I had created that habit for me when I'd get into my home office after appointments. And I'd be like, well, I've got no calls. And I'd realize my phone's been sitting in my car for three hours because it was on that magnetic dashboard holder. So I'm not perfect, but... Uh, it can be done. It yeah. can absolutely oh, yeah, be definitely. done. Definitely, definitely, definitely. That's 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 awesome. That's awesome. Well, you know, the 43, the Luxie 43, it's, it's an amazing foundation. Uh, we like what you guys do, but we also know that it's not a foundation that kind of take care of itself. Uh, just want to know, what, what would someone that wanted to – you know, kind of do something for the foundation. What, what, what? You know, how would they support Luxie Forty Three? You know, that's a great question. I, I, I almost answered always this way. I was raised in Chicago by a thirty-seven year full-time fireman mm-hmm. uh, who raised me to say, "You don't ask for something unless you've got something to give in return." When it comes to philanthropic fundraising, as the executive director of a five one three C nonprofit, that's not a good trait to have, quite mm-hmm. frankly. So I describe it this way: We do three very traditional nonprofit activities each year. Uh, one is coming up on May 11th. It's our seventh annual golf invitation, which, by the way, you got to get Dwight to sign up for that. Yes, sir. So you'll be out there. <laughs> it's our seventh year doing that. It's a wonderful event. Uh, the first Saturday in August every year, we do a 5K road race. Mm-hmm. Last at our high school in Marietta, Georgia, where my four kids went to school and Phil played football there, the field has been returfed. It's Lutzy 43 Field in Phillips Honor. Awesome. So we will have close to 1,000 runners join us on the 43-yard line at one end of the field. Mm-hmm. We'll run out through a course in the neighborhood. We'll finish on the opposite 43-yard line. But we get virtual runners running across, quite frankly, the world. We had 15 Marines running in Afghanistan two years ago. Mm-hmm. So you can go to our website and sign up to run our road our road race virtually at 8 o'clock your local time. And uh, we're going to send you the race shirt that everybody wears locally at Lassiter. So that's the second one. And then we do a traditional thing every year. There's uh, Giving Tuesday. It's always the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it's a global effort now, and it's a really an encouragement for nonprofits to reach out to their 
constituent database their followers to, to just say if you want to make a year-end donation, please consider doing so. So those are nonprofit ways. When I go talk, we have an honorarium or a speaking fee, if you will, and it varies between a, a school to a church to a corporation. But what I'm really excited about, these units are, are purchasable. Mm -hmm. So we have companies uh, just up the road. The best example was early on. I had a chance to speak on the Rick and Bubba show awesome. here out of Birmingham. And Newcore Steel up in Decatur has a plant up there with about 800 people, if I recall. And if they don't follow safety protocols, you can lose your life. Um, they're melting down rebar into usable rolls of steel. Got a tour of their plant, and I sat down with their senior management team. And they said, Mike, we'd like you to come talk to a two-night event. We bring in 400 employees and their family members one night, and then we do the same thing the next night. But while you're here, would you go speak at a couple of high schools? some rural high schools that don't have the financial backing that some of the Decatur inner city schools have. Um, but, Mike, we want to put our logo on, on, on the key and on the lanyard and on the countdown card. Can we do that? And I'm like, wow, why not? So that we do that. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll go speak at those schools if you pay the honorarium and you pay for those schools to receive these with your logo on it plus the school's logo on it. So that's how companies can get involved with us. We think, we think 43 key seconds, if we do this right, in Georgia, where we're based, where Philip was kind of was raised, moved there at age five, in Alabama, where he played football, made a name for himself, we are going to push this out from the southeast. And our our confident, arrogant goal is to make forty three key seconds the nationally recognized symbol that when somebody sees it, it's going to trigger better decision making behind the wheel of a vehicle or as a passenger in that vehicle. That's awesome. That's 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 an awesome story, uh, Mike. That's, that's, that's our time for the day. Just want to thank you. Thank you for taking time out today to come, you know, educate people on your foundation. Um, you know, I met you a, a few years ago. Dwight asked me to come to this event with him. I uh, went, and I and as you know, I've been back every year since, and I plan on coming again this year because, you know, every time that you tell your story, it's amazing to me because, you know, like I told you earlier, you know, Anybody that was in a situation like that could have turned the other way and did nothing but grieve. I think you turned it into something positive and um, to where and, – and, and this is big. This is major to me. And uh, definitely take, thank you for taking time out your day to come talk with us today, and uh, we appreciate it. Well, Nick, let me close with thank you and, and a plug. Our website is lutzie43.org. That's L-U-T-Z-I-E-43.org. If you're a driver or you're an executive or just anybody that's listening to this call, this 43 key seconds can fit somewhere in any organization that you work at, the school that your kids go to, a college environment. It's very affordable. These units are $5 a piece, and I would tell you, I'd put my money on that that $5 is going to save someone's life or change some behaviors yep. uh, and, and change the narrative that's going on on the roadway. So very grateful to, to Chris and to Dwight and the leadership team here, yourself, and everybody that put this podcast on. Keep doing what you're doing to educate, you know, the world out there. Thank you so much. And guys, there we have it. There we have it. And um, if you if you're looking to hear this interview, you know, follow us on our social media platforms, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Make sure you like and subscribe. And to all the drivers out there that's looking for a truck driving career versus a truck driving job, go boy.